Travels with Charlie is paid for by Jolly Convenience Stores, Milne Travel American Express, and Casella Waste. The views and opinions expressed in Travels with Charlie do not necessarily reflect the views or opinions of the Radio Vermont Group. We welcome listener feedback. Email your comments to WDEV at RadioVermont.com. Well, it's all about all the folks you meet. Sitting in a diner or out in the street. Catch up with the news. Get your point of view. I want to hear what unravels. I'll see you in my travels. I'll be hanging round, covering lots of ground. Well, good afternoon and welcome to another episode of Travels with Charlie, your host, Charlie Papillo. Great to be with you this afternoon. Thanks to my good friend, Billy Bratcher, performing uh, the Travels with Charlie theme song. Billy wrote and uh, performed that song and uh, always... Uh, Glad to play that for you. A great lineup for you today. But before we get into that, got to tell you all about our sponsors here at Travels with Charlie because this show would not happen without those fine people. Of course, my friends at Casella Waste Systems, Casella.com, zero sort recycling, helping to keep it out of the landfill. When you're on the road like I am, I know where to go to fill my belly and to fill my tank. It's jolly convenience stores with hot coffee, sandwiches, ice cold drinks, and Fuel for your car, fuel for your belly, home of the daily smile. Milne Travel, they've been doing this since 1975. MilneTravel.com, their travel specialists search the lowest airfares via databases exclusive to the travel industry. You're going to get a great deal with them. And, of course, Myers Wood-Fired Bagels. That's right. They've always been wood-fired, but they've added that name to the, uh, to the, uh, to the store now because they're at a new location. 408 Shelburne Road, and they're doing pizza. If not now, they're going to be doing that shortly. Check them out, Myers Bagel Cafe in Burlington, right there at 408 Shelburne Road. Great show for you today. I'm going to tell you about that right now. As you know, the uh, the Apple industry took a huge hit uh, this year with uh, with an early frost. And in our continuing series, Vermont Grown, we're going to be talking with Phil Murdoch about one of Vermont's oldest apple orchards and also about his time as a wing commander with the Vermont Air National Guard. But my first guest today, he's in studio with me, a longtime friend, a mainstay here at WDEV, uh, a singer, uh, a songwriter, uh, a journalist, yep. a photographer, a tour bus driver. <laughs> That's right. And if you haven't guessed uh, by now, the leader of Rick and the All-Star Ramblers, Rick Norcross. Hey, hey, hey. hey. Keep your seat, Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> With uh, the longest intro ever. Uh, I wish we it's had more right. time for the show. But <laughs> right. <laughs> did I you. miss anything, Rick? Nope. You got it all, buddy. Thank you. Well, great to have you here. Uh, and here. we're here, obviously, to talk about the new CD that's coming out on October 22nd. Four years in the making. That's it. God bless the, the mighty, mighty pickle. pickle. Now, for people that don't know who Rick Nork, and shame on you if you don't know who Rick, where you been? Living under a rock? 60 years in the business, right? That's right. Same liver. <laughs> and, and the mighty pickle, for people that are listening going, what the heck is he talking about? <laughs> the mighty pickle. 
Explain it, Rick. It was. It is a 1957 flexible Starliner, raised roof Starliner, and uh, I bought it 25 years ago. And I did some uh, trade work with Vermont Railway, and they painted it for me, uh, uh, engine green, and it took on the name the Pickle. And of course, uh, to honor it, it was called the Mighty Pickle. Yeah. So it, it for 22 years we ran it up and down the roads of Vermont. Now there is a pickle inside that inside of that tour bus. Now is there not? Yes. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you backed me into a corner, Charlie. Uh, <laughs> um, four years ago, I sold. You know, we're not touring as much. I'm kind of winding down after yeah. all these years, and so uh, I put the bus up for sale. And a fellow named Dave Wright from Ocala, Florida, called, and he bought the bus, and then proceeded to put. Between two and three hundred thousand dollars into a restoration. I mean, a museum quality restoration, yeah. and then he donated it to Marty Stewart for his Congress of Country Music Museum in Philadelphia, Mississippi. And when I when he got got the bus and took it back to Ocala, I had a wooden pickle inside the bus as part of the decor, and he took that and bolted it to the inside of the baggage door so <laughs> it's still there so i've got the wooden pickle is inside the bus uh, now called the chief so here's the interesting part of it and by the way we've got uh, god bless the mighty pickle oh, thank uh, it's in my hands right here it's not even <laughs> released yet you're going to hear two songs off of it today maybe more who knows um <laughs> And the great news is when you do this uh, CD release party right. on October 22nd, and you've got a cavalcade of, uh, oh, man, of uh, entertainers that are going to be there. It's yep. it's the big band. It's not just the all-star Ramblers. No, Fourteen piece. It's the big band going to be there. And they were but, all on the record. But the the real star of the show, and no disrespect, oh, Andy. I mean, the real star of the show <laughs> is the pickle is coming back to Burlington, now right. known as the, the chief. chief. Right. How did that come about? Uh, they just said that uh, this is the right thing to do, and uh, Marty Stewart instructed them to bring it up, which is unbelievable. And so this show starts at four o'clock, but from two thirty to four, it'll be open for uh, uh, tours. So t tell us a little bit about how this all came about. Now, as you mentioned, you you had uh, the Mighty Pickle uh, for over two decades, yeah, and that was your tour bus. You traveled right. all around uh, the the country with it. Uh, I think it was even it might have even been used in some uh, some political campaigns. Uh, yes, Peter right? Clavel used it. We went to every all fourteen counties by gum uh, <laughs> was, for a whole week. That was great fun. Was it ever in a movie? Uh, yes, it was in two movies actually. Yeah. Uh, it was a biopic of, uh, uh, let's see, uh, the gal from Moon River, uh, uh, Audrey Hepburn. And that took place in Montreal. And then a year later, uh, a, um, uh, let's see, the, the music, uh, uh, MTV? MTV, yeah. Yes. Say so they did a, they did a movie up there and the bus was painted, uh, to uh, represent the tour bus of uh, the the uh, Latin gigolos. It's <laughs> <laughs> pretty neat graphic, yeah. I'll tell so, you. <laughs> so so uh, the Mighty Pickle has had many personalities, oh, yeah. many different yeah. colors. It's now bright red, as known as the Chief. The Chief, And as yeah. we mentioned, October 22nd, it's going to be at Hotel Vermont right. in Burlington. You can see the Mighty Pickle, or you, you can, can see the Chief. We should call it the Chief yep, now. Um, but... 
Let's talk about uh, the before we get into the new CD, uh, the band that's going to be there with you and the people that have collaborated with you on right. this CD. I mean, it is just an amazing list of uh, of entertainers. It's true. Um, what I wanted to do was I wanted to uh, pull two of my favorite uh, Vermont country music artists of 50 years ago, and we pulled. Um, uh, let's see. New England song. Do you remember that song? But uh, that record, by any chance, is Coco and the Lonesome Road Band. And, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Coco Callis up in uh, up in the Woodbury area and uh, pried her out of her house, and she came down and we backed her up on that song. And then um, Dave Rowell, my bass player, worked with a, a classic fiddler from Hardwick named Tony Washburn, and he was a songwriter. And we took one of Tony's songs, Dave. Dave worked 37 years every weekend with Tony Washburn in a band. Can you believe that? Wow. So anyway, kind of paying tribute to the country music folks of Vermont. And uh, Jonathan Edwards came over from Maine and did the harmonica part on one of my songs. And um, let's see, um, John Gale Moore came in and sang some harmony. The Blue Gardenias, the th- three-piece uh, female uh, uh, trio, wonderful jazz trio, they're on the album. Um Jim, Jimmy Pittman, who was a former um, uh, Rambler, uh, he's a wonderful pedal steel player. And so, anyway, we got you know we're gonna we're gonna run the album with with all these folks. And, and you got uh, the great Jamie Lee Thurston doing a duet <laughs> with you on. Exactly. I, th- I don't know. I know Jamie, so I yeah. think an appropriate song for the two of you to do yeah, together. Called my kissing days are over. <laughs> it's uh, about COVID. You know, when you saw all these girls walking around with a mask on. That's you, it. They no more lips. <laughs> We can take a listen to uh, the Jonathan Edwards cut. Danny's uh, running the board for us in the studio there. Danny, let's take a listen to Out in the Cold off the latest CD that's coming out on October 22nd. God bless the mighty pickle. Jonathan Edwards, the minute you hear this song, you'll recognize. The first time I heard it, I said, yeah, that's Jonathan Edwards. You can tell he's just an unbelievable harmonica player. He's known for that. Correct. Uh, Mickey Raphael, uh, who is uh, Willie Nelson's uh, harmonica player, since 1973, says Jonathan Edwards is his favorite harp player. That's pretty good. All right, let's take a listen to it. Jonathan Edwards, along with uh, Rick and the All Star Ramblers, on God Bless the Mighty Pickle. This oh, no, is this is uh, out in the cold. Out the in the cold. Yeah. yeah, that's it. That's the one. <laughs> Shaking as they reach out to hold Things that you dream of Feelings felt no more Shout to a closed door Out in the cold Yeah, out in the cold Out in the cold Out in the cold Burned you right down to your very soul Cold. 
that's off. God bless the mighty pickle, Rick and the All-Star Ramblers. Rick Norcross is joining me in studio this afternoon on Travels with Charlie. Jonathan Edwards on harmonica there. As I mentioned, uh, the minute that song opens up, you can tell that's Jonathan Edwards. Yeah. You have to explain to our listeners how you, because it's kind of a, a three-way around here that uh, you became familiar with Jonathan. I'm assuming that through Stephen Russell Payne. Yes, that's, that's absolutely right. Um, uh, when when Stephen Russell Payne wrote uh, Riding My Guitar, it was a biography of moi, um, he dedicated that book to Jonathan Edwards. Um, Jonathan Edwards uh, and, and uh, Stephen, new, first time with my new lips here, um, <laughs> Stephen Russell Payne did the sound at uh, Hunt's for years while he was getting his medical degree at UVM. And so that's where he met Jonathan Edwards. Jonathan Edwards... Uh, played at Stephen Russell Payne's wedding yeah. 30 years ago. And so um, so uh, they invited me to the party, and Jonathan was there playing, and Jonathan had read the book because his name was in the front of it. Well, so, yeah. <laughs> so that, we, that's how you get readers, exactly. right? Exactly. Yeah. So we, we got to know each other then, and he came all the way over from Maine to do this part, had just a really, really nice guy. And, yeah. And I, I, I mean, I, that, I and that's – that, that's the amazing thing too, you know. With today's technology, you could you could you know ship the the, the sound over to him, the right. uh, and he could record it in another studio. But he came here. Yes, he came here. He recorded too, uh, all of the the finished work was done at Lane Gibson's. Uh, correct. Yeah, studios. seven projects with Lane, and uh, he just um, he, he's actually co-producer on this album. Just amazing. We've got lots more to talk about with Rick Norcross, and we're going to hear more off God Bless the Mighty Pickle and uh, and just continue the conversation here on Travels with Charlie. We'll take a quick break, and we'll be right back with Rick Norcross, Travels with Charlie, WDEV. When I'm on the road, I don't have to look very far for a place to fill my gas tank or my belly. Jolly Convenience Stores, with over 40 locations to choose from, makes it easy. Fuel for your car, fresh-made sandwiches, soft drinks, hot coffee, pastries, friendly service, and even creamies. Jolly Convenience Stores supports your community by sponsoring events, veteran organizations, and more. That's why I support them, and you should too. Stop in today. Jolly Convenience Stores, home of the Daily Smile. That's the only milk for me. Moo cow milk. It's as real as real can be. Moo cow milk from the Holsteins of Vermont. Moo cow milk. It's the real milk I want. The dairy farmers of Vermont have a question for you now. What's this milk in the dairy case that never touched a cow? Squash a pecan, squash a cashew, squash some oats and all. Prop them up in the dairy case and call it milk what gall. Moo cow milk, that's the only Back with you. <laughs> Good afternoon. <laughs> Travels with Charlie and Rick Norcross in studio with me this afternoon. You may recall that you've you've heard that song a lot here on WDEV, but I think the first time that it was performed before it was even on a CD was live in the studio. Rick, you brought your guitar that had some heritage. It was a I don't know. Oh yeah, it was the DEV guitar that uh, Harold Patch played on a show in 1936. <laughs> and and that song, you were urged by Anson Tebbets, Anson our Tebbets, Secretary right, of Agriculture, right. 
to write a song about, and we've milk. talked about this before, <laughs> all those things they call milk that aren't milk. Oh, absolutely. Oh, Almond man. milk. Oh, this thing is going to go national. <laughs> <laughs> it's such an outrage. So uh, Rick's got a new CD. It's coming out on October 22nd, God Bless the Mighty Pickle. Now, this is the big deal. It's going to be at Hotel Vermont right. in Burlington. It's on Sunday, October 22nd, 4 o'clock, with the Mighty Pickle, now the Chief. It's going to be on display. You can go inside. You can take a look at it. If people want tickets, here's the important thing. How do they get tickets? Uh, they can either go to my website and uh, uh, or call this number, <laughs> got your pen out. 864-6674. 864-6674. And by the way, if you'd like to talk with Rick Norcross this afternoon, we'd love to hear from you. Sure. 802-244-1777 or 1-877-291-8255. No Rick, ex-wives. No, no ex-wives. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have any, but <laughs> thank goodness. Uh, we got to take a listen to another one of the cuts on the CD, and this is one we mentioned earlier that you did with Jamie Lee Thurston, a very appropriate song about your kissing days being over, and of course, uh, the great Jamie Lee Thurston, uh, you know, two different styles. You've got country swing. Uh, Jamie, I don't know, how how would you describe Jamie's music? It's uh, contemporary country, and and you know what, that kid, uh, he's done so well. I love the songs he writes. He's a great player. He's a great stage act. He's, He's just getting back from Italy, had 11 days in Italy. Yeah. And uh, he's doing really great. So this is the second album he's come and and uh, sung with me on, and uh, he nailed it. Now, here's what I find that you and, and he have in common, other than your kissing days are over, <laughs> is that uh, he just toured in Italy. I think it's the second time he's done that. You've tour- toured in Spain a number of times. Right. And, and when you think about it, like, you know, when I first heard that, you know, Jamie's going to Italy and, you know, being of Italian descent, I'm going... I didn't realize there was that great of a, a call for country music in Italy, oh, yeah. but there is. You've got a huge fan base over there, yep. as well as you had a huge fan base with with uh, country swing, well, uh, actually, Western Charlie, swing. I was doing folk music in 1965 and 1966 in London, and I, I was there nine months uh, working under uh, London City Agency, and they had one other American folk singer, Paul Simon. And so, uh, that guys, Paul Simon? <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> and these guys that were booking me in England yeah. went to Spain. There's a, um, a lot of people retire to Spain and there's a whole British, uh, colony around Mercia, the eastern part of Spain. And so that's, those are the folks I was playing for. Let's take a listen to, uh, Kissing Days Are Over. That's it. Rick Norcross, Rick and the All-Star Ramblers and Jamie Lee Thurston right Buck here on WDEV. Buck her up. <laughs> Kissing days are over, how I used to love that past. Ever since the governor said, you gotta wear a mask. Every time you leave your home, though he said you better not. I try to do whatever he said, I believe in Governor Scott. 
My kissing days are over How I used to love that game I'd lick my lips and pucker up And then take careful aim I'd zone in and close my eyes And try to keep from blinking She would do the very same Who knows what she was thinking Who's that on guitar right there? Uh, Dono Shabner is his name. He's a wonderful, wonderful uh, player. He's been with me 10 years now. How would you describe that style? It's very unique. It's Well, it's he's playing uh, swing, basically. It's, it's very close to yeah. jazz. Um, and that's what Western swing is. It's kind of a conglomerate of country, jazz, folk, even polka music. And, and what you hear on so many of your original songs that you do is is an accordion, which seems yes, kind of unusual, right. no, but it, it works. That was a standard instrument for right? Western swing. Absolutely. Rick Norcross with me this afternoon on Travels with Charlie, October 22nd, uh, big uh, CD release party for God Bless the Mighty Pickle. Let's talk a little bit more about the Mighty Pickle, now known as the Chief, Chief. and your years with the Pickle. I'm sure you've got many stories uh, to regale over uh, that tour bus. Uh, who can you tell us that's been on that bus that we might go, wow, because well, it's got some heritage even before you owned it, right? Well, um before I owned it, I bought it from a guy that was a trucker down in Lincoln, uh, Massachusetts, and he and his buddies, uh, he was one step up from a biker with a truck, you know, <laughs> and so he and his buddies used it to go to Laconia, um, and so um, once I got it, then it, uh, let's see, Miranda Lambert, and um, I'm trying to think, Amy Lou Harris, and, and um uh, Senator Pat Leahy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Peter Clavell. Oh yeah, that's right. Was that was that for a mayor's uh, campaign when he did that? No, he's running for governor. Oh, running. Oh, that's what his uh, yep. his ill-fated run for governor. He decided, oh, I've had it. I'm done. <laughs> what a nice guy. Yeah, and, Peter is a nice guy. Yeah, I know honestly, his whole family. I went to school with uh, with one of his brothers. Sure. Uh, great, great family. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. And of course, family all came along on the whole deal. Well, yeah. And <laughs> so had had one kind of close call with it. Um, um, during that campaign, we went to a uh, oh, uh, place uh, over on Williston Road, and then Madeline Cunin got on board, and, and um, we were going around to the Shelburne, uh, uh, where the store is and everything. In the yes, the country store. Right. And yeah. So and so we came around there, and and we're coming through Shelburne Falls, and I started smelling smoke. Ooh. <laughs> I'm thinking, oh no. Was, was Willie person. was Willie Nelson on the back with with Pat Leahy maybe? <laughs> oh, man. And so we got it into the parking lot, and they all got out, and I chased it down, and it and it wasn't anything serious. Thank God, and it didn't burst into flame. But I tell you that'll tighten up your drawers when you got all those guys on the bus. You know, mm, we shouldn't be smelling smoke here. <laughs> Not at all. We're, we're going to keep Danny on his toes there in the studio. Danny, I want you to cue up track 12, and I'm hoping that's uh, the right song. I'm not going to – I just want I want him to start playing this song and see if people uh, – because this is one that, that uh, when I first heard it, I said, man, 
I don't know if it's a thing about as you get older, you have less tolerance for people on the road. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, or <laughs> it's just, when did you write this song, Rick? All, all these songs, except for Out in the Cold, were written within the last two years. Okay, all right. Yeah. So it's it's definitely an age thing. And what's the name of this song? Uh, they go faster. They go and, faster. And Let's we ruin the English language on this one too. Thank you very much. <laughs> that should do. Let's take a listen to "They Go Faster" on the latest CD from uh, from uh, Rick Norcross. God bless the mighty pickle. So greatly along they come at high speed rately. Just not safe to drive today. Drive the speed limit, you're in the way. In the right hand lane, you stay. You're blocking traffic, come what may. We go fast, they go faster. We stay fast, they speed faster. We stay right, they close after. We go fast, they flash faster. See lonesome old just blind this jerk who drives so close behind. I'm not afraid you're speeding ducks. Hell, I was even married once. It's like they're driving a rocket ship behind the wheel. They let her rip. They're going past that such a clip. They don't enjoy the bird I flip. We go fast, they go faster, we stay fast, they speed faster, we stay right, they close after, we go fast, they blast faster. I got to tell you, Rick Norcross, my guest here on Travels with Charlie. God bless the mighty pickle, October 22nd. That's when it is released. You're hearing these cuts for the first time here on Travels with Charlie, WDEV. And so, Rick, here's the thing we have in common. I, I guess it's an old age thing. I don't know. Uh, but uh, isn't it? It, it's true, you know, and especially with, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, this will happen often, especially at exit 16, as you're getting off Interstate 89, exit 16, heading north, as I'm heading off home. And right there at the red light, it says, no turn on right. And how many times have I seen a car go through that? They stop, and then they turn, and they go. And I'm behind them with my wife, as you know, Debbie. And I'll say, Deb, you want to see a cop? Watch me go through that light. And right. one will appear. They're never around right. when you, these guys, and they're all blasting past us. That always happens, right? Yep. And you could be going 75 miles an hour, and there's still somebody on your tail going, get out of the left lane because no, no, I'm coming by. I drove down to Florida. Um, you know, Scott Milne, uh, as, as you know, sponsored our tour this year. And, yeah. And he fixed me up with this fancy van and went down to Florida to, to – uh, Meet Marty Stewart and see the pickle all uh, restored and everything. And man, they're going 85 miles an hour, inches inches away, all the way down. I couldn't believe it. Before we leave, uh, we've got uh, Phil Murdoch coming on from uh, Chaper and Orchards in just a moment. I want everyone to just hear the first cut. Now it's not a musical cut. Oh. But it is a spoken word. Right. We're going to play that, and then I'll let Rick. Introduce who that person is on your, I guess it's on your, your email, your voicemail, right? Yes. Was, that's was on correct. your voicemail? Yeah. 
We ready for that one, Danny? Let's hear cut number one off uh, the latest CD, God Bless the Mighty Pickle. Hey, Rick, it's Marty Stewart. Dave Wright gave me your number. I wanted to call and tell you Merry Christmas. And then uh, thinking about you every time I crawl up on the bus, the, uh, the Mighty Pickle's still in there somewhere. You know that. Hey, uh, if I miss you today, we'll get busy right here. I'll call you back tomorrow. Hope you have a great Christmas day then. Bye-bye. How about that? Yeah. Mar- Marty Stewart. Now, when, when when you got home and you got the voicemail, you go, damn it, I wasn't here to pick it up. <laughs> right. Yep. Unbelievable. Okay. He called back the next day. He did call oh, back yeah. the next day. Yeah. 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 So Marty Stewart has this Congress of Country Music. It's in, right. the, it's in Mississippi, and he's bringing the bus up here. He won't be here on, no, on no, Sunday on the 22nd, but uh, he is – Allowing the bus to come up, and our, our understanding is the bus is going to be an ambassador. It's going to be traveling all across the country. Correct. Yep. So your like first cool. opportunity to see it on its first road trip it since its, it's the one. chief, right? Yep. Absolutely right. And coming back to the place where it all started, so that's very appropriate. Yeah, it's so cool that, that they uh, thought it was worth worthwhile to bring it all the way up here for us. Well, it, it is uh, October twenty second. That's when the CD is out. You can can you get the CD on your website as well? Yes, absolutely. And you can get tickets uh, reserved right now at 864-6674. That's at Hotel Vermont, 864-6674, October 22nd, 4 o'clock. That's when the music starts. They'll be doing tours on the bus prior to that. And, again, let everybody know who's going to be performing in that band on the 22nd because this is the big band. Yes, it is. It's uh, all the, the... The All-Star Ramblers, and that's uh, Taryn Noel and uh, Dave Rell, Charlie McFadden on on the keyboards, and uh, let's see, Doug Reed on the fiddle, Don O'Shabner on lead guitar, and Ian uh, uh, Kohler <laughs> on drums. And then we got uh, John Galemore, Banjo Dan, Coco Callis, uh, the Blue Gardenias, and uh, let's see, uh, did I say Jimmy Pittman? Did I mention that? I don't know, man. I lost count at <laughs> number 12 or 13 that you, you've got coming. Well, yep. it sounds like it's going to be a great event. Oh, it'll be fun. Get on out and check it out on October 22nd at Hotel Vermont in Burlington. God bless the mighty pickle. God bless Rick Norcross. Thank you oh, so thanks, much for man. joining me this afternoon, Rick. Always a blast. Thank you, Charlie. Good to see you. All right, stay tuned. We'll be right back. Phil Murdoch's going to be with us from Chapin Orchards, and we're going to find out what's going on in the Apple industry straight ahead right here on Travels with Charlie, WDEV. Whether you're traveling for a vacation, planning a business trip, or have a global company looking for a strong Vermont-based company to align with for business and meeting management, Milne Travel is a trusted local partner, and they've been one since 1975. Milne Travel is one of the top travel companies based in New England. Featuring educational tours, vacation travel, or corporate solutions, let their travel specialists search the lowest airfares exclusive to the travel industry for you. Guaranteed. We're all getting ready to travel again. Save time and money on your next trip. Go to www.millentravel.com. We're continuing with music today from Rick Norcross and his all-star band, God Bless the Mighty Pickle. And we'll be joined by my next guest in just a moment. i got to tell you first about Myers Bagel Cafe in Burlington. It's now known as Myers Wood-Fired. That's right, they've moved. They're at 408 Shelburne Road in South Burlington. And they've always been wood-fired, but uh, they're... 
just talking a little bit more about that because they're going to be getting into pizzas very shortly. A wood-fired pizza, and you all know I'm, uh, uh, that's my favorite kind of pie. Uh, they do those, and they do them tremendously. But, of course, delicious sandwiches. They smoke their own meats, their flavored cream cheeses, delicious pastries, uh, and even mail order. That's right. A lot of people move from Burlington and they go, man, I miss those uh, Montreal-style bagels. They will mail them to you, believe it or not. They're open from 6 to 2 daily. And they've got some unbelievable sandwiches. Ask them about their 377, uh, which has their brisket on it, or the McMire with smashed fingerling potato, smoked brisket, Swiss pickles, and slaw. They're on Facebook and Instagram at Myers Bagels, BTV, Myers Wood-Fired Bagels, Bagels Pizza and Libations. Check them out, 408 Shelburne Road in South Burlington. And it's my pleasure to continue our series, Vermont Grown, with Phil Murdoch from Chapin Orchards in Essex. Phil, good afternoon. Thank you for joining me here on Travels with Charlie. Well, hi, Charlie. Good to see you again. So great to see you here, and of course, uh, there's lots to talk about with the the uh, terrible weather that we had in May and how that's affected orchards all across Vermont. But first, let's talk about the history of Chapin Orchards, because my understanding is it's probably one of the oldest orchards in Vermont. Am I correct? I would, yeah, I think so. It goes back to 1929, so there's certainly apples before that in Vermont, but uh our, uh, we're about uh, in a couple of years be celebrating our hundredth anniversary. So it uh, it's it was uh, started off as a dairy farm in uh, the 1860s, and um, like a lot of dairy farms, eventually they they uh, went into a few other things with maple syrup sure. and some other. And so they planted a few uh, apple trees in uh, 1929, and then uh, became known as a dairy farm with apples. And uh, they used to sell them off the front porch of the house. Are any of those original trees still around? They are. They are, really? Yeah, and, yeah. and they produce? They do. And last, like last year, they produced uh, really well. That's amazing. And, um, you know, they're not, they're not uh, the most um, efficient trees to have. And the most modern orchards would take them out. And, well, like any 100-year-old, they're, right, <laughs> they, right. they but, tend to slow down a little but bit. I like, right? But I like the trees. And, uh, yeah. you know, they, they, and the people like to see them. And uh, so we're keeping some of them around. And What variety are those older trees? Are a, they, lot of, a lot of Macintosh. Yeah. Uh, but we got some uh, the Duchess, which is not a well-known apple, not around very much anymore. Um, Tolman Sweets, uh, a couple of odd varieties. Uh, but mostly Max and Cortlands, which is a staple of any New England orchard. Yeah. yeah. You know, it seems that when you mention apples in Vermont, most people will immediately say Macintosh. Would you say that that is your most popular apple? You know, it it, it really still is. I think any, any New England orchard is going to have to have a good high percentage of Max and Cortlands still. And uh, not as much as probably uh, 20, 30, 40 years ago, but... Um, you know, with the advent of Honeycrisp and uh, yeah. a few of the other new varieties, uh, people uh, are uh, excited about some of the new varieties, but they all come back to the Macintosh. And, um, you know, there's nothing like a Mac in, in September, mid to late September in, in Vermont, and that's uh, that's when they're the best. You know what uh, people that uh, don't live in Vermont or don't live in New England have never experienced, uh, you know, they've had a Macintosh, but... They're getting it at Whole Foods in New York City. And it's totally different. What a difference. They just don't get this. When you pick an apple, 
there is something about that taste that even after you've picked it, brought it home, and it sat in your refrigerator for a couple of weeks, it has a much different taste when it's picked immediately, does it not? Exactly, especially a Mac and uh, even the Cortlands to some extent. But really, the Macintosh is best uh, within a day or two or a few days off the tree. Uh, there's, you know, the modern storage technology is, uh, is, is improved immensely. So, you know, they can, uh, these big orchards can take Macintosh and get them right into controlled atmosphere storage. And, uh, they're pulling them out all winter and they're actually pretty good. Um, but nothing beats it right off the tree. How many different types do you now grow at Chapin Orchards? Uh, we have about 30 different varieties. Um, but, you know, a few, uh, a couple of trees of this and a couple of trees of that, but uh, mostly still Mac, Cortland's, uh, Empires. Uh, we still have Red Delicious, which uh, there's still a following for Red Delicious. Yeah. We've got quite a few Honeycrisp. We're growing more. Um, we've got some of the newer varieties like Zestar that we're starting to plant a few more. That's an earlier apple. And then we've got, uh, like I said, the Tolman Sweets, uh, Duchess, um, Ida Reds, a few odd varieties that we put in some uh, late season cider yeah. that a lot of people haven't even heard of. But, um, you know, uh, they, they, when they find them, they uh, actually like them. So people always equate fall with apple picking. But as you mentioned, there were some earlier varieties that you might be able to pick towards the end of summer. Am I yeah, right? Right. Uh, there's, uh, we start off picking, our first apples, uh, some of the early apples in late August, like August 20th, 22nd, with a Duchess and uh, Red Free and uh, Williams Pride and some of the earlier varieties. But we only have a few of those because people aren't really thinking about apples a whole lot. That's but, right. Uh, and then, uh, then we, as we get into September, we, we pretty quickly get right into the max. Now, at Chapin Orchards, you also do um, apple cider. You do donuts, oh, uh, which, yeah. which you've brought I, me today. I, I, I brought you some donuts, Charlie, <laughs> right? uh, made by my wife this morning. Woo, um, man. And, As uh, they say, the, the seagulls will be flying around the studio here yeah. very shortly. Yeah, nothing, <laughs> I won't be able to get out of here. Well, nothing says fall like a cider donut. Yeah. You know, and I think people, they, it's just become such a tradition in Vermont that people don't feel like they've had fall until they've had their first cider donut. It's right. kind of like getting that fried dough at the fair. Exactly. You know, gotta, yeah. it, it's just not... You know, the end of summer until you get that fried dough. And you've partnered up with Poorhouse Pies to do your pies. Yes, Am I that, right? That has been a, that has been phenomenal. Um, we, from what, because of circumstances, we lost our pie maker who was, uh, with us for the last couple of years. She just couldn't, uh, couldn't find help and couldn't, uh, support us. But, uh, and we rolled right into Suzanne at Poorhouse Pies in Underhill and um they do a fantastic oh, pie you you lucked out getting them oh, yeah i tell you what it's been great and we hope to continue that uh, for years to come so let's talk a little bit about uh, the frost that came in in the latter part of may it was around middle may, of may i think right may 18th may 18th uh, well the night of may 17th and the yeah. morning of may 18th now Depending on where your orchard is, some some were not affected at all. I know it's some up in the islands, right? Not affected um, at all. You know, we, we we know a lot of the orchards around Vermont, and a lot of the we all meet uh, every winter. Uh, Terry Bradshaw helps us get together, and uh, from UVM, and um, you know the islands did great uh, all the way down into the anywhere in the Champlain Valley really uh, did well. If you're near the lake. Or within a couple miles of the lake, um, you were just warm enough to avoid the uh, the devastating freeze. Now people call it a frost; it was a freeze. It, it was, was a, a freeze. It was a hard freeze. 
Um, the Berlin, actually, the Free Press did a good job of, uh, of calling it uh, the Great Freeze. Um, it wasn't nothing great about it. It was pretty devastating yeah. but, uh, for us. And so if you're in, um, you know, we're in a cold pocket as it is. If there's a frost anywhere around, we usually get a frost. Um, but this was a significant freeze. We went down to about 24 degrees for about 12 hours um, on the night of uh, May 17th, morning of May 18th. And uh, we were in full bloom. Um, we had some varieties that already had little fruitlets uh, formed, and uh, otherwise it was pink and white as far as you could see on the 17th and then on the 18th. So it killed the bloom. Yeah. It basically so it never up. turned into an apple. Yes, in there were some apples formed, and yeah. uh, those got damaged. Most of those got damaged. Some of those formed into decent apples. Yeah, but you really, literally, had uh, some trees with nothing on it, and some trees with two apples. How will that affect next year's crop? Well, theoretically, it should be uh, the trees have had nothing to do but uh, grow. You know, the fruit for next year, which yeah. is usually put on a tree around June of the prior year. So the buds are there for next year. Uh, assuming that Mother Nature cooperates and we have a decent winter and right. uh, and a normal spring, then we should have a robust crop next year. Now, I've seen some pictures of these apples, and there's like a ring around the outside uh, of the uh, the covering of the apple, the skin of the apple, but... It's more about cosmetics, or did it, does it, they, do they taste okay, or they just yeah, don't look okay? Actually, the, the apples that did form taste fine. They taste normal. Yeah. Um, and the, the, the frost ring you're talking about, it's a, it's a russeting, it's a rough, it's almost like a sandpapery type of, uh, type of covering that, that, that the skin, it was damaged, and that's what, that's the way it formed. So that's, uh, you know, it's, it is more cosmetic, still good for cooking, still yeah. good for cider, and you could eat it, but people eat with their eyes, right? So. Yeah. They tend to um, not want to have blemished apples, except for maybe in cooking. So it really hasn't affected uh, the cider production at all. In fact, it might even help cider production because there's more apples that people aren't going to be eating off the tree. They well, go into cider. Not so fast because you know we lost 95% of our crop, at yeah. least 95%. So there's yeah. not much to turn into cider. So we are uh, out there right now picking some of the damaged apples that um, are going to go into cider and a couple of the late you know the early october varieties but the you know the some of the orchards that that survived this um they nobody got unscathed or maybe the islands did okay but in some places it's they still got a pretty good crop but they do have some damage so yes those uh will that those orchards will have a, an abundance of cider fruit because that will not be marketable so when cider is produced, I don't think I've ever seen anywhere, like for instance, if you buy honey, they'll say it's a clover honey, uh, you know, orange blossom honey, but cider is just cider, although it could be any variety of apple in there and they must all taste differently. Cider's not just cider. No, Charlie. okay, no, I got it wrong. There's, there's an all art right. to it. Um, no, it's. He's uh, taking the host on. It's, Look it's, out here. Uh, <laughs> the best cider is a blend, typically. It is, okay. Yes, and so we blend six, seven, eight different varieties of apples in our cider throughout the year. Yeah. Uh, cider early in the season tends to be uh, a little more tart and a little thinner. As the apples sweeten up and you bring in some of the later varieties that are sweeter, um, you end up getting a thicker, maybe a sweeter cider. Sure. So it's all how you put it together. And uh, I think that's one of the hallmarks of our you know operation is, is we – people come far and wide for our cider because – we don't. We're not just putting in just Max, and a yeah. lot of lot of places that are big and and are in, under like large large production will 
put in single variety. Sure. They'll, you know, it'll be all max because that's what they can get. Is cider pasteurized or not? Well, if you, if we, if you're selling off site from your location, we're a farm stand, so we don't have to pasteurize our cider. And, and there's, I would argue that there, there are purists that that's the way they want it. They don't want it pasteurized, we, right? We get people that drive two hours to get yeah. our cider. Uh, at least because they're coming, they they know it's not pasteurized, yeah. and that's what they want. Yeah. Um, you know there are there are techniques to, to pasteurize cider that are really uh, very good and and uh, that uh, don't alter the flavor a lot. But um, there's still people want unpasteurized cider. Um, there's still a big market for sure. it, and that's where they come far and wide to get yeah. our cider. Phil Murdoch is my guest this afternoon on Travels with Charlie. We're talking about the Chapin Orchards and our continuing series, Vermont Grown. And we've got more to talk about about the apple industry and also about Phil's time with the Vermont Air National Guard. And we'll do that right after this break right here on Travels with Charlie, WDEV. The waste and resource management industry is a complex, integrated system that many people and communities take for granted. Trash, recycling, compost, we're all familiar with the terms, but maybe not the truths behind the waste industry. Want to learn more? Beyond the Bin is a podcast by Casella, which shines a light on what really happens to our waste and recycling. If you're interested in environmental sustainability and renewable resources, then check out this podcast. You'll learn about waste and recycling, meet members of the Casella team, and one episode even deals with beekeeping. Check it out online at www.casella.com forward slash beyond the bin. With you, good afternoon on Travels with Charlie, WDEV, Charlie Papillo. Thank you for joining me today. Phil Murdoch in studio with me from Chapin Orchards, our continuing series, Vermont Grown. We're talking about the apple industry, and we'll get into some issues with... uh, with Phil as a wing commander with the Vermont Air National Guard in just a moment, but uh, more discussion about about the apples. First off, let's talk about what do you do after apple picking season is over, which you're not picking at Chapin this year. But let's be clear, you are selling apples. If people want to stop yeah. by, yeah, we're open. Just it's, it looks just like it normally does, except we're not handing people a bag to go out and pick in the orchard. So we've been able to uh, supplement our crop with uh, apples from throughout the Champlain Valley. Um, the areas that uh, survived the freeze um, actually did quite well, and they had extra fruit, and we were able to contact them, and we know a lot of them anyway, and uh, we had some of them contacting us, letting us know. Yeah. And so, um, in particular, you know, we work with uh, Sunrise Orchard in uh, Cornwall. Barney Hodges is, uh, we've been working with him for many years, uh, helping us supplement when we need extra cider apples. I found a new contact, actually, and I never thought I'd, I'd do it, but we ended up... Uh, over in uh, Peru, New York, um, Seth Forence, uh, the Forence Orchard is they they've been awesome, being able to provide us with uh, all kinds of varieties, and uh, and at a moment's notice, I'm able to go over there and get apples. So we're working now with uh, you know he's a new partner, and we just um, I can't say enough about the quality and uh, and uh, and they do supply to other places, and yeah. you know Citizen Cider I know gets some apples from them and. Um, some other other uh, organizations in Vermont that uh, need apples. What are the hours of your orchard if people want to stop by just uh, for cider, yeah. for donuts, for we've apples? Got, we've, stu- we've got it all. Um, pumpkins, uh, 9.30 to 5.30 every day through Halloween. 
All right. Uh, Phil Murdoch with us uh, this afternoon on Travels with Charlie. Uh, so what are you doing now after the season's over with? You got pruning and things like that oh, to do? Oh, yeah. There's, there's hardly any time that you're not doing something in the orchard. We'll, uh, we'll spend um, the rest of October and into early November putting the orchard to bed, making sure it's mowed tight, cleaned out from underneath all the trees, um, putting up, um, you know, all the mouse guards, make sure the mouse guards are all yep. uh, intact and putting up a little... Yeah, mice like to eat the uh, the oh, bark yeah. off the base of the tree, oh, yeah. right? They'll, they'll kill, kill it. They'll the, girdle it and yeah, kill the whole they'll tree. They'll kill the whole orchard if you, yeah. don't, if you let them. Yeah. And so then we, we do put up some temporary fencing in some areas for the deer. Um, and then uh, pruning begins in January. Oh. And then it's January, February, March pruning, cleaning up the pruning in March and April. And then you're mowing and, and doing all the management, thinning the apples, getting getting the crop ready in uh, the summer. And then late August or in mid-August, you're starting to get ready to gin up for the season again. Let's so, hope we have a good year next year. Yep. Before we break, we got a couple of minutes left. Let's talk about your years with the Vermont Air National Guard. You were the wing commander. Uh, you piloted an F-16. And it seems kind of unusual to go yeah. from that to your, your you know, Working in an orchard, but talk about that if you would. Your career with the Vermont Air National Guard. Yeah, that was. Uh, I mean, I, it was a calling. I couldn't imagine doing anything else for a career. It was. Uh, it's part of a big, huge part of my life, and it's a big part of my family. Um, so, I joined in '79 and uh, was in the guard till night till 2010 when I retired, and uh, I spent um, about 30 out of my 32 years flying. I flew the F-4 for four years before the F-16 and then uh, about 24 years in the F-16. And uh, so Never piloted uh, the F-35? Did no, you get a chance no. to? Nope. F- no. F- the, the simulator? Yeah, I've been yeah. in the simulator. Yeah. And, uh, How fact, would you, what's, what's the big difference that you would say from the F-35 and the F-16? Probably the biggest difference, avionics and uh, and stealth. You know, the, uh, stealth. Yeah, the airplane yeah. is... Uh, is built for stealth and it's, uh, but the avionics and, um, the, you know, the capabilities of what it can do, it's a whole different animal. It's a whole different game from the F-16. Can you describe for somebody that's only been in a car and the fastest they've ever gone is maybe 75, 80 miles an hour and, and they haven't experienced G's, you know, cause there's a whole thing about driving and you go around a corner and you pull one G. What kind of G's are you pulling in an F-16 when you go around a corner? Uh, it's a nine G airplane. Nine G. Yeah, oh nine my God. G. So it's, it's, uh, it can be, uh, it can be, uh, hard on the body. Um, but it's uh, nine times the force of gravity, right? So yeah. it's um, it can hurt. And um, but if you you know we train for it, we prepare for sure. it. And um, it's uh, the F sixteen was the first real high G airplane that do that. Phil, gotta thank you for joining me this afternoon. Thanks for the apples. Thanks uh, for the donuts. Chapin Orchards, they're open now. Get on out there. There's pumpkins. There's apple cider. There's apple donuts, cider donuts, and and of course uh, apple pies. I want to thank my sponsors: Casella Waste Systems, Jolly Convenience Stores, Milne Travel, Myers Bagel Cafe in Burlington. My theme song is written and performed by Billy Bratcher, executive producer Brad Ferlin. Running the board today, Danny McGivern. Thank you, Danny. I'll be back with you October 23rd. Have a great day. Thanks for joining me here.